Hello, welcome to York Street. We hope that this sermon will be an inspiring and impactful one, just what you need at this time. For any of our sermon-based studies, please head to our website at www.yorkstreet.com.au. So grab a cuppa, grab your notebook, whatever you need, and we hope that you enjoy the sermon. Yeah, my name's Bree. For anyone who's new or doesn't know me, I'm the youth pastor here at York Street. And I get to bring you the message this morning. I'm really excited. I have a message I believe God has placed on my heart for our congregation as we wrap up our three-part series on Jonah this morning. If you have missed our series so far, Jonah is a book. It's super easy to read. It's only four chapters long. So if you haven't been following along with us and you want to get your Bibles out right now, you can just catch up. I'll wait. (laughs) Kidding. (laughs) Um, But it is a book that is easy to read. It flows really well as a narrative. um, And yeah, it's a good one that you can um, have a look at and catch up on in one one go. But this is the third week that we've spent in the book of Jonah, and I think um, what has been revealed more and more to us as we've studied it as a group um, is that it's so much more than what you see at face value. I think it's definitely Jonah and the whale. It's definitely a, a children's story that we've often heard of. We've often been exposed to this one quite young, maybe at kids' church or something like that. They called it Sunday school back in my day. Um, But it's easy to um, get, you know, hear about this story and just take it for the surface value. We often think, oh, yep, Jonah and the whale, don't run away from what God's calling you to do. Yep, tick, got that, on to the next. But I think if you've been journeying with us, it's really cool to be able to dive deeper into these scriptures and just see how rich they are, how um, relatable they are, and how confronting they are, and convicting as well. So if you haven't been with us each week, I'll just do a quick recap, catch you up. From week one, you might remember that Tim brought us chapter one and he spoke about um, the evil that was taking place in the city of Nineveh. It made perfect sense as to why Jonah would not want to go there. They were a brutal and evil people, um, very violent. That was scary. Um, it, yeah, like I said, it made sense why Jonah wouldn't want to go there. And Tim also showed us on a map um, the distances that we're actually talking about here. The fact that when Jonah was called to go to the city of Nineveh, it was as if someone from Ballarat was called to go to Canberra. But instead of going there, he went all the way to Perth. So not only did he go in the opposite direction to what God wanted him to go, he quadrupled his own journey in doing it. So that was Tim on week one. But if you were here last week, you will have got the um, privilege of hearing some of our interns share a message on Jonah as well. Um, How great are our interns, by the way? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Just. Um, It was different at each service. It's so great to see young people raising up and and, um, preaching the word. Um, But 
If you haven't checked them all out, they are online. So if you only managed to get along to one of those messages last week, jump online and have a look at some of the others because it was really cool to see the things that stood out to each different individual who brought us a message last week. But they did focus more on the disobedience of Jonah, so running away from what God was calling him to do. They spoke about God's provision of the big fish rather than that being the punishment of being swallowed by a whale. I would feel punished if I was swallowed by a whale, but we talked about it being the provision of God which scooped Jonah up from sure certain death in the storm, in the waves, and provided him with a place where he could, he could stop, he could reflect, repent, and come back to God. In chapter 3, they shared about Jonah's reluctant obedience. And even in Jonah's reluctant obedience, God was still glorified. And everyone from the most to the least in the city of Nineveh repented of their evil doing and worshipped God. So today, we're going to pick up our scripture in chapter 4. But I actually want to just jump back for a tiny second into chapter 3, verse 10. So join me in reading from chapter 3, verse 10. It says, When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. What a beautiful act of grace. Sometimes I hear people mention that they struggle to reconcile the God of the Old Testament, you know, with all the wrath and the war and the destruction, with the loving, merciful Father of the New Testament. And well, this right here is a beautiful example of the God of the Old Testament being the same as the God of the New Testament, that his character, his loving mercy is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It has always been and will always be God's heart for repentance and redemption for his people. So I want you to have a think for a moment. Because as Christ followers, we know what it is to experience the love and the grace of God in our lives. And I think we all probably have someone in our lives where we just think, oh man, I wish they knew Jesus. I wish I could share with them the hope that I have found. And all of us can probably think of someone like that in our lives. And maybe they're pretty open We can have conversations. Sometimes it comes up. We talk about church. We talk about Jesus. And they're pretty open to those kind of conversations. They're definitely not closed off to the idea of Jesus. You know, if there was a scale of like, you know, where they are, how close they are to Jesus, they're sort of not too far off. They're just at least leaning towards Jesus rather than away from him. But I think we all know people in our lives as well who are not so open. Maybe it's the attitudes that they're surrounded with or the types of pastimes they enjoy. Um, it's the way they respond when you mention church. You, you know, you get the idea that if there's any mention of Jesus, they just don't want a bar of it. Maybe it's their experiences. Maybe their experience of Christians hasn't always been helpful. Maybe there's some hurt there. But we know that these people would be running to the far other end of that scale. They would be trying to keep themselves as far from any mention of Jesus as possible. 
So imagine the miracle when they finally come to know him. The celebration on the day that they do. And can I just say that I've seen this so many times. I can't even express how many people that I've probably written off in my mind, in my humanity and in my doubting and thought, oh yeah, they're just, you know, I can't picture a day where they're going to come to come to know Jesus. But especially through prayer and when other people have been praying, I've seen so many of those people in moments where something just breaks through and they do, they get a glimpse and they come to know Jesus. So I want to say never be discouraged or disheartened, especially if it's a family member. Gosh, don't keep praying. Just don't stop because it happens. But Nineveh was a whole city of people that no one ever expected to turn from their old ways and worship the Lord. I mean, wherever our people are on that scale, these guys were like off the charts. I'm sure none of our people that we pictured were anything like the city of Nineveh. They were too far gone. But this shows that nobody is too far gone for God. Nobody has ever strayed so far that God can't reach them. How amazing. Well, Jonah didn't think so. He was mad. (laughs) He was furious. And we're going to continue to read about that in chapter 4. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. He became angry and he prayed to the Lord. Isn't this what I said, Lord? When I was still at home, this is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you were a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it's better for me to die than to live. Jonah was so set in his prejudice that he could not see the work that God was doing right in front of his face. And I'd like to share a story with you. It's not particularly one I'm super proud of, but it's one that stayed with me and continued to impact my life. So in that, I can see that God's still able to work through the situation. So a great many years ago, Anthony and I used to like to travel. And we went to the beautiful, romantic city of Paris. Well, that was not our experience. (laughs) On reflection, we probably weren't staying in the best part of Paris. Our hotel was an absolute dive. And that definitely reflected in my mood and my attitude. (laughs) But it wasn't even that. From the moment we stepped onto the footpath in this beautiful city, we were bombarded with what the city is, I've come to learn, also well known for, and that is its scammers. If you Google Paris scams, it's definitely something the city is renowned for. So the first one involves a lovely old lady, and as you walk past in the street, you hear the tinkling of metal, something metal hitting the ground. And she'll stop you, and she'll insist that you must have dropped your gold ring. 
of course it isn't yours and you say as much but she insists and she'll say oh but it's such a beautiful ring it's very lovely and she'll compliment you what a beautiful couple she's building rapport Um, it's a lovely exchange that you have with this woman and you probably refuse to keep the ring but she'll continue to insist and when you finally do she'll then beg for money you see she's very poor and she's struggling to feed her family and you've just had such a lovely interaction so of course you would help her out who wouldn't and then you go on your way and you think oh what a lovely moment Until about 100 metres up the road, you hear that tinkling of metal hitting the ground. And the same routine. I'm not even kidding, it's about every 100 metres. Similarly, you might be on the train and a beggar might approach you and hand you a note in English and it tells you a beautiful story about some struggles often involving a young family and a recent job loss and of course you want to help them out with some euros and then they get off at the next stop another beggar comes on hands you a card with the exact same story We even paid like $30, I think, for a cotton friendship bracelet that was attached to our arms before we had a chance to ask how much. These guys saw us coming. (laughs) But there was beggars and street um, scammers at every turn. And my attitude was, this city sucks. And the people are awful. By the end of the day, I was so done. We didn't even want to go out for dinner. So it was, there was a Domino's pizza just down the road from our hotel. And they had a, had a really great deal. It was buy one pizza, get two free. Normally it's the other way around. Hilariously, this is the only thing that wasn't a scam this day. So Anthony and I wandered down. And as we're walking back to our hotel with our three pizzas for the two of us, we see a woman, I see a woman, coming from the end of the street. And as we're getting closer, I notice that she's rummaging through the rubbish bins, each one, as she gets closer to me. And my head immediately went, ugh, here we go. And as we got closer, I can't say that I didn't see the opportunity. Nobody is going through bins unless they're truly hungry. And I can't say that we would have ever been able to eat three pizzas between us. I can say that undoubtedly it was my frustration, my anger, and the experiences that I'd had all day long, my stubbornness and my hard-heartedness that I did just walk past. I can't say I didn't see her. I can't say that I didn't see the opportunity in that situation, because I did. And just like Jonah, I was too stuck in my own feelings. But just like Jonah's story, I believe God is still able to use our moments of weakness for his glory. I've never forgotten that moment. And as I carry it with me, it reminds me not to miss those opportunities for compassion It's informed and shaped many future moments for me. But in that moment, I was stuck in my feelings 
just like Jonah. And I missed it. I missed what God was doing, just like Jonah. So let's continue to read. Verse 4 says, But the Lord replied, Is it right for you to be angry? Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in the shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give him shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the plant so that it withered. And when the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, it would be better for me to die than live. But God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? It is, he said, and I'm so angry, I wish I were dead. But the Lord said, you have been so concerned about the plant, though you did not tend to it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and it died overnight. And should I not have concern with the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their left hand from their right, and also many animals? So there are a few things here in this passage that I just find so relatable. Because we can see Jonah's attitude and his hard heart, that he completely misses the opportunity to celebrate with what God has been doing here in Nineveh. All of these people coming to know the Lord is nothing short of a miracle. And instead of celebrating with God, Jonah throws a tantrum. And another thing I notice is Jonah's inclination to be most concerned with his own comfort. And I notice also that Jonah wants to instate his own sense of justice, disregarding God's sovereignty. But how often do we find ourselves in these spaces too? It's easy to be consumed by our own worlds, by our own situations, our busyness and our struggles and the stresses of life, that we take our eyes off what really matters. It's so easy to see our prayer lives be consumed with requests, things that might make our life easier. God, if you would just work this thing out, then I would have more space to serve you or worship you. I wonder if anyone has ever found themselves so consumed in the struggles that they're facing in life that it becomes harder and harder to see God's goodness. Jonah's relatable, right? How about trying to instate our own sense of justice? Sometimes we would like to see people get what we think they deserve. Ever been annoyed to look over at your neighbour who is thriving, yet you don't think they're a very good person? It can become, why are things going so well for them and not for me? It's not fair. I don't like it. Jonah's relatable, right? And I'm just, when I think about instilling our own sense of justice, which um, takes our eyes off God's sovereignty, it also makes me think of the times where we can't, forgive ourselves, where we think justice means that 
that we should be continually punished for the things that we've done wrong instead of allowing God to redeem them and work through them. It's easy to look at ourselves and think, I deserve this, I don't deserve better. But God wants to redeem us. That's also taking our eyes off God's sovereignty. But we can also become so concerned with our own situations that we forget about reaching the lost. Jonah was more concerned about a plant, what made his life more comfortable. But over the last few weeks, we've seen that God showed so much patience and mercy and grace to Jonah. And despite everything, God continued to bless Jonah by growing up the plant to shade his head. And I know God in my life, and I'm sure in yours as well, has shown so much patience and mercy and grace. And regardless of knowing everyone's individual situations, I don't know what's going on in everyone's life here in this room, but I'm going as far as to say that God has blessed us all immensely. If only with the privilege of living in this country where we have peace and freedom. We've done nothing to to earn that or deserve that over anyone else. Nothing to entitle us to that. We are blessed. So let's not take our eyes off the things when they don't go out. Let's not take our eyes off that, that we are blessed. When things don't go our way, Because look at Jonah. He completely missed what God was doing and how God was moving. He completely missed the opportunity to join in celebrating with God. And he just completely missed the point. And you know, we focused a lot on Jonah, but the book isn't really even about Jonah. His name is mentioned 18 times in these four chapters, but God's name is mentioned 38, more than double. This story isn't about Jonah's shortcomings. It's about God's greatness, his character, his mercy, his justice, his sovereignty, and his grace. And what I want to say is that is where we ought to fix our eyes. Let us not become so wrapped up in our own feelings or frustrations or our own situations that we miss it, that we miss what is most important. And that is God's heart for all of his people. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity that we've had to come together and dig deeper into your word over these past few weeks, to dig deeper into the book of Jonah and and see more and more of your heart revealed to us, more and more of your character revealed to us. Thank you for the reminder that, that you can work through all of our situations, through our obedience through our shortcomings. And God, I thank you for your patience with us. 
your mercy with us. God, I just thank you that you are sovereign. And God, today as we go, I just pray that um, you would show us the spaces where we might have missed the point, where we might have missed an opportunity. And I just pray that you would give us the opportunity to have another go, to try again, to come back to you with obedience. I pray all these things in your name. Amen. If you would like prayer, or to find our sermon-based studies, please head to our website or check the description below for a link. If you enjoyed the video, feel free to share the video, like, subscribe, and hit the bell icon for updates of when we release new videos. Remember, life can be tough, so let's do it together.